Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, and I'm joined as always by my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Andy, what's going on down there in Kentucky? You know, it, it's warm. I got pretty pretty sweaty today. Um, you know, a couple of days after the Fourth of July, so we're all recovering from our non flashbacks and our trip to Fallujah. Um, but I think the thing that that stands out most to me on the epitome of my week, because there's been so much stupidity go on this week. Uh, I was sitting in my office. I was the duty officer today at work. That doesn't really. Basically, what that means is if something happens, I have to deal with it. It's not a big deal. You're so I'm just boss. sitting in my office. Absolutely not. <laughs> like the, I unlock the elevator and make sure that people can come in. And then if it hits the fan, I deal with it. But other than that, I just do, I mean, you just do all the stuff nobody else really wants to do. So I was sitting in my office and I was running some reports, minding my own business. And my mother, she works at my office now. She's one of the secretaries. And so she comes to tell me she had to leave a little early. I don't know why she was telling me. Well, she loves me. That's why she was telling me. And she was like, uh, she called me duty all day because I was the duty officer. And she's like, hey, duty. And I looked at him. I was like, what, mom? And she's like, I just let you know, I got to leave a little early. I was like, be careful. I love you. And she walks over to me. I'm a grown man. I'm 38. I I have my duty belt on. I'm I'm a professional. Okay. I don't always act professional, but I promise sometimes I do. Today was not one of those days. That's not the point. But I have my duty belt on. You know, I look official. And what happens? But my mother walks up to me and says, hey, duty, I'm leaving. I'll see you tomorrow. And I was like, okay, be careful. I love you. And she leans down and kisses me on the forehead like I'm like I'm 12, <laughs> which which is cool. I love my mother. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I love my mother. You know, every time we see each other, there's there's at least one kiss on the forehead or the cheek. But this happened to happen right as two of my buddies walked by my office. And I just, I'm never going to hear the end of it, I feel like. So that that's how my day went. You know, so, lots of stupidity and then, you know, the, is, the uh, kiss heard around the world. So is Miss Rhonda, your mom, she a friend of the show? She is not a friend of the show. Oh. Um, which hurts my soul. But uh, so Keith actually brought that up. Uh, he was like, you know, your mom doesn't listen to the podcast. And I was like, that didn't shock me. Like, I love my mother. My mother is happy that we're doing the podcast. She thinks it's great. She assumes it's funny. Um, there's a lot of assuming going on there. Um, but she, I told I, I told Keith, I said, yeah, ma'am, you got to think. Like, she raised me for 38 years. She's heard me talk nonstop. She doesn't need an extra 45 minutes to an hour of it during a time of the day that she doesn't have to see me. Now, if your boys had a podcast, she'd be on that. Oh, my God. She, oh, she'd, she'd sponsor it. I don't well, know how, but she would find a way. Like th They would have a budget and a secretary and an editor and said they wouldn't do a thing. She'd well, write good, their script for them. That's good radio because that's a good segue to sponsor. Yes. But before you go, 
to talk about oh, I don't have that our, up yet. our sponsor. I just have a shout out to friend of the show, Keith. Um, you can make this happen. Just talk to Andy's mom. And there's got to be bathtub pictures of Andy when he was a little boy. I need those framed. I'm going to need you to stop. Desk. I need you to stop. I need you to stop where you're at. Because somehow this is going to stink and happen. Because I control everything. I'm going to have to hurt you. I'm going to hurt you. This is going to get you this to edit ridiculous. the podcast. <laughs> so, Keith, I know this you're out there. Ridiculous. I need bathtub <laughs> pictures of Andy on Miss Rhonda's desk around the office. All of my baby pictures are in a storage building right now. So if you would like to come out and dig through their junk. I will do it. Those pictures. You come on out, sir. I, I will do it. I will go. I will come to Kentucky to find your baby pictures in a storage building. We'll, we'll pick a weekend in August or September and you come on out. And then I'll cry. Well, Andy, why don't you tell us about the... I can't believe that happened. (laughs) Why don't you tell us about Keith and the fine folks at St. Gargano Armory? I don't know that I want to if he's going to do this. He's bigger than ridiculous. He is kind of... He scares me. All right, let's... I love you, Keith. You're my boy, Blue. (laughs) All right, let's... Let me get professional again. And here we go. St. Gargano Armory is the premier destination for handcrafted blacksmith merchandise. They use traditional techniques to create unique and stunning pieces, each one embedded with the spirit of St. Gargano himself. Each item is a work of art crafted with care and attention to detail. St. Gargano Armory believes that quality and authenticity are paramount. That's why they use only the finest materials and take pride in their commitment to the tradition of the craft. These products are not only beautiful, but they're also functional. St. Galgano's Armory has you covered for all your needs. portion of all sales goes to a nonprofit. Uh, right now, it is the Onita Baptist Institute. So the question I have for you, Chad, why settle for generic mass-produced items when you can own something that has been forged and unique and help kids in their schooling? Because I don't want to settle. I have, what, I have some of Keith's merchandise i was gonna say apparel Apparel. (laughs) merchandise yes Um, and we're back and i will admit it it is literally just as if i remove myself from this and i know that that they're a sponsor but it is the best bottle opener i've ever had and i'm pretty sure if it was a little bit bigger it would do double duty as a weapon I'm pretty sure in the right hands it would be. That's not the point. So where can you get this stuff? I'm glad you asked. You can visit their Etsy shop at etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano's Armory. Nope, St. Galgano. There's no S. St. Galgano Armory. And you can also find them on social media at at St. Galgano. That is correct, sir. Check them out. Also, I do believe unless something changes, Saturday is the day I'm going to forge. This Saturday? Mm-hmm. It's also the day of my 20-year high school reunion. So I'm going to forge. And then <laughs> so I'm you make, you're making go. a knife to, to armor up to go to the reunion? <laughs> I guess. 
Uh, I'm going to go to hang out with some people. Uh, friend of the show, Brandon. Um, I graduated with him, and he's not going. That upsets me. I was like, oh, I'll just hang out with Brandon. And then I texted friend of the show, Brandon, after, well, he was, he texted me on a few things. Um, he reminded me, well, didn't remind me. He let me know that Kentucky's law changed about 10 years ago and you can buy the good fireworks in Kentucky now. So that would have been good to know. I don't know, three or four days before. Well, heck, I why stop fireworks. now? My neighbors haven't. They keep getting replenished. So you can just, you know, celebrate the 9th of July this weekend. Nah, no, no, my wife would, Dr. Wife would not be well. She, I would, I would not even be allowed to sleep on the couch. So, yeah, but so, yeah, Brandon, friend of the show, Brandon is, is leaving me high and dry for my reunion or our reunion. So that's, that's a sad day. But, you know, I'm excited to see some people I haven't seen in, in 20 some years. And So have you we'll gone see. to any reunion? This is your no, first? I, no, I didn't go to my 10 year. We, what, 2013? I had a bait with I, I didn't ago. have, think math is hard. Um, no, I, Turner was born right around the time that our, our 10 year reunion. So I opted to be a dad. <laughs> and we didn't, you know, I, we didn't live here in the area. We were in Terre Haute, which is only a three and a half, four hour drive. But nonetheless, I wasn't, I wasn't willing to be away from the, the kid. So I didn't go to that. Um, and yeah, I don't know when I, when I think of class reunions, um, like I think of Roger Bayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, he just he, went to his uh, 500th 50th? class reunion. I don't know. I think like, he I just think went to his 50th a few months back. Moses was there, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I believe I believe the Bible was wrong, and it was Roger that held up his arms <laughs> to keep the sea parted. I love you, Roger. You're not listening to this, so it's okay. Um, but like he gets so excited, and his class is so close. And now, granted, I think there's like 30 of them. Like he went to a small school, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but he's always, and, and so I just our class just isn't like that. Like, you know, we all have our friends that we hung out with. Um, most of my friends that I hung out with are older or younger. I didn't have a lot in my class that I was super close with. So it'd be interesting just to see where people are at, what they're doing, and and all that. So anyway, it should be fun. I'm excited. But to the original point of that story, uh, I get to forage Saturday. So that's that's exciting, too. Well... To make it even, I'm hanging out with Bryce on Saturday morning. So, look, there's no need to try to one up me. There's no need. <laughs> no, you win. You're forging. I'm just eating breakfast with Bryce. Friend of the show, Bryce. So, Fourth of July. Let me tell you a little story about Fourth of July. I was I here for it, man. I think on last episode we talked about uh, some outreach, and I I can't remember if I mentioned that. Uh, the church I pastor, we had we had secured a space at our our town's Fourth of July celebration, um, a big park in the center of town. Um, they have about four or five hours of some music and food trucks and everything before the big fireworks show. So we we got a tent and set it up, got there, and we had some stuff to hand out and just meeting people and talking to them and stuff like that. And we're there for about a half an hour, forty five minutes, and directly in front of us. 
this woman comes and she's lugging a bunch of stuff and she sets up a stripper pole in the middle of the park and she removes some of her clothing and she's pretty scantily clad and she starts I don't know, is it dancing? Whatever it is, whatever strippers do on those poles. Apparently they grease them up. They're like the the nuts in Philly whenever a Philadelphia team wins and they agree this the police department has to grease the poles so they don't climb them. But apparently strippers do something on the poles for adhesive. I don't know if it's stick them or pine tar. I just, I just need you to know that I've never been more thankful for a mute button right now because I'm <laughs> about to die. But I I just I had so many questions and I just wanted like it, it is it because like we live in clown world now and what was good before is now bad and what's bad is good and there's no shame that you're going to come into the middle of a family friendly event and strip and then allow kids to dance on the pole but but they're not coming but but they're not coming for our kids no I uh I think that that America, at least, and I'm sure it's the whole Western civilized world in itself. Um, I I think we've lost some civility. I don't. I don't know what else to say other than um, you should have made it rain. You should have went over there and just made it rain um, Bibles. Um, you should have well, wrapped a dollar. You should have wrapped a dollar bill because we're classy and polite. Should have wrapped a dollar bill around a Bible and just threw it at her. Well, and I did think about that because I think I told you I, I did get some pocket Bibles to hand out, and I wanted to be like Striper. At every Striper show, they throw Bibles out into the audience from the stage. Yeah, man. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't know. I'm old now. I don't know if my arm could reach that far. But so you just got to get in real close. Like I'm not trying to look at you, but I'm too old to throw it that far. <laughs> it, it was just, it was an interesting day that the booth that was set up next to us, whatever, I can't remember what they were selling, but the woman from there came over to see who we were. And once she found out we were a church, she pulls the star of David out of her, from underneath her shirt that she's wearing around her neck. And she shows us to us and then she just walks off. So that's the, she uh, get along of, with, she get along with some friends of yours. <laughs> so that's a, the perils of, uh, setting up a church outreach booth at the 4th of July celebration. It's uh, strippers everywhere. Christian nationalism at its best. <laughs> so, Andy. Uh, that's a heck of a segue. What do we got? What's what's next uh, on today's, on today's well, you know, project? I had a conversation with someone today who um confuses me at times but professes to be jewish then messianic then they're presbyterian they're also come to a baptist church and now they're charismatic <laughs> and they were a little upset with me about something i had said about uh the gifts of the spirit and the fact that um i'm somewhat of a cessationist when it comes to those gifts that I don't believe that all the gifts um, of the spirit are for us today and particularly the miraculous gifts, right? And we talk about the miraculous gifts, um, healings, uh, tongues, and, well, and real quick, break out, miracles. 
breakout cessationist uh, in, in non-church terminology for me. Please. Sure. So cessationist is just what it is. You think that the, the gifts have ended. They were for the apostolic age, um, you know, for that, for the early apostles, for the early church um, to perform signs and wonders. Um, if you're a continuationist, um, you believe that the gifts, all the gifts are still available to us today. Um, and so hardcore cessationist would say, I'm not a cessationist at all because why I don't believe that the miraculous gifts, right? Tongues, healings, miracles are, are not for us, but if God wanted us to, he probably, you know, he could, he could allow us and use us as vessels. And so, uh, hardcore cessationists would say, I'm not really one, but I do believe that. And I think that most believers, um, feel that the miraculous gifts aren't for us, right? The the fact of tongues in particular, um, the prevalence of, of speaking in tongues is a is kind of a 20th century phenomenon as Pentecostalism uh, began to really spread across the United States in the early 1900s and has definitely been um, driven home by second and third wave charismatic churches. Um but I thought, you know, and as Baptists, right, you're a Baptist, I'm a Baptist, most of the stuff we speak about here comes from a, a Baptist perspective, particularly a Southern Baptist perspective. And, you know, those supernatural abilities that are given by the Holy Spirit by believers, I think for Baptists, we believe, we believe that um, They're not for us, right? They're for God. God can still heal. God still performs miracles. God um, could open our ears to hear what he wants for us. And and when God does those, right, they're manifested for the, the purpose of edifying his church and, and advancing his kingdom. Um, what are your thoughts about that, Andy? How do you, how do you understand or interpret those specific miraculous gifts that are listed in the Bible. You well, I, th I think the word you were looking for for your person was confused. <laughs> I know that I know that she used and I, uh, I'm not poking fun at I'm, you know, I, that probably sounded jerkish, uh, but you know, she, she was Jewish then Masonic. Macy. Well, she's all side. these things. She's all these things together. I mean, she claims to be Jewish. She went to a Presbyterian church and then a Baptist church, and she became charismatic. She's Jewish, and now she, and then she's messianic. I mean, she's now, kind of I, all I, these things together. I, I think she's a Unitarian. I was on, I was on, uh -huh. um, I was on staff at a Christian church, um, the Stone Campbell movement, um, the Restoration mm -hmm. movement, um, and I, I don't necessarily align with all of those. Um, you know, so that I don't think because I went to a church that was a restoration church and was on staff at one, um, because the first time I was on staff there, like we were all Southern Baptists, all the leadership, all the pastors, uh, Southern Baptist pastors. And then when I went back the second time, like I raised little Baptist babies in the kids and, and youth department. But so I think because you attended a church for a little bit. Uh, that doesn't make you that. Like I could sit in a Lutheran church, you know, for three weeks. Uh, I'm not Lutheran, uh, so I think I think what she is is confused, and and being the most respectful that I can be in that process. Um. So there's that.
but I think w- with regard to the the gifts, like I, I think we both. I don't think I know. I assume I know. Uh, when it comes to the gifts, like the fruits of the spirit, patience, peace, love, kindness, joy, blah 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 blah. Uh, I I definitely am on board for those. Absolutely, um, and even I and think, even teaching. You know the the gift of teaching, the gift of preaching, oh, yeah. the, those things. Those those are for us to enjoy yeah, through the spirit. Because I I have sat under people um, who are teachers and preachers uh, who do not have that gift, and and somebody should have told them a long time ago. Um, and then I've I've known people who have that gift that were just so terrified to use it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I I definitely believe they're gifts. So, um, but this, and I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna ruffle some feathers. I don't mean to, uh, but let's let's talk about tongues, right? So those who who think talking in tongues and uh, the charismatic churches where they're running up and down the aisle screaming nonsense words. Um, as a matter of fact, we were never mind. We won't even go down that rabbit hole. But that that is what I want to speak to first. I, I can't see where that is biblical, right? If you look at Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, and there are the, the, the speaking in tongues, they're speaking in their native language. They're praising God, they're teaching, and they're doing their thing in their native language. And other people in their native language are like, how are they speaking? And I understand them. Right. They accuse then, them of being drunk. And Peter yeah, has to like, tell yeah. them it's only the third hour. Right. I'm not drunk. It's it's early. Give me time. <laughs> right. And, and and if I'm drunk, how come I can hear you? Right. So like, you know, Peter understood them. They understood Peter. And it like that's what tongues were. And, and you know, you said in the in our, our, our pre-show conference, if you will, um, that. You know, there, there are incidents where that's happened today. And I think if God wants to open somebody's ears, God's going to open somebody's ears. Like, I, I'm not going to put God in a box. I've done it before. Didn't work out well. Um, so, like, God's going to do what God do, what, what he's going to do. But if I, if I look at scripture and what it teaches, I can't see where, you know, and I, I made the joke a long time ago, and I make it every so often. Um, you know, if you go to a charismatic church and you want to fit in, just say I bought a Honda, but I should have bought a Kia. You say that really loud on repetitive, and they'll be like, Oh, look, he's saying in the spirit. Here we go. <laughs> um, and that's all done in jest. I have I have a friend in Terre Haute who's a youth pastor who who attended an apostolic charismatic church, and I used to give him grief all the time about that. Um, so there's that I, I love you uh you know uh, th- but i don't i don't think it's accurate um i can't see where scripture teaches it um you know it just i think it's a way to get attention um at least that's the way i see people using it now um i'll use the example uh dr wife and i moved uh to Terre Haute, uh, and we we were trying to find we were church shopping And, you know, when anytime you move to a new area, one of the hardest, you know, I would rather look for drapes than a new church. (laughs) Um, Just because mine and and doctor's wife, doctor wife's personality are 
are slightly different. Um, if she never had to speak, she wouldn't. Um, and she's extremely introverted. And while I have some introversion uh, to my personality, um, I if I couldn't speak, I still would find a way to do so. Uh, that's just, you know, who I am. But I digress. So we're, we're trying to find a church. And this one was, we were pretty quick to both say no on that. And so when we church shop, um, and, and people in, Ter- in Owensboro found this out, but when we church shop, uh, we kind of get there right at time, if not a couple minutes late, at least on that first Sunday, because then we don't have to really talk. We can sneak in, sit in the back, observe how things are going. And then, you know, we'll talk to people at the end because they're going to see that we're there. Uh, so, but we, we get to this church, what we think is five, 10 minutes late. And like, they may have been the only church I've ever known to start precisely on time and didn't, didn't do my research. That was on me. I just like pulled up churches in Terre Haute. It was one of the first ones. And so churches we, in Terre Haute was a, uh, that's a scary Google search. It most well, yes. Well, and maybe so, scary is not the right word. It's a, it's a diverse Google search. Yeah. You could go both words. Um, and so like we go and like we open the door and their entrance is like side of the sanctuary. So when the door opens, the light shines in and everybody stops and just looks at us. Oh, so and it's like you were my church. And then there's there's like flashing lights that felt like over our head that said fresh meat. And like four people just whoosh right to us. And, you know, before we were seated, we weren't even three foot in the door. And we had two coffee mugs and candy, three bulletins, and I think the keys to somebody's car. Like, welcome, have my vehicle. It was just, it was fun. Um, so they were welcoming, which is great. But like this one woman, God love her, she would look around during the worship part. And if nobody was paying attention to her, she would drop on the ground and start praying very loudly. And then when people got used to that, she would look around and nobody, and then she'd just get up and start running in circles. And it was, and then like the pastor went off on some tangent that wasn't real biblical. Um, and I kind of looked at, looked at Dr. Wife and I was like, I swear, cause he was getting into it and he kept reaching under into the podium. And I looked at Dr. Wife. I said, I swear if he pulls out a snake, I, I was going to say, run. I said, I hope you can run fast. And I was about a hundred pounds lighter then than I was than I am now. But I was like, I hope you can run fast because I move good for a fat man and I will be out that door. I won't even open it. They'll just be like that cartoon Andy silhouette just chunk, right through the door, you know. Um, but we we left that church about 10 minutes early so we didn't have to talk to him on the way out and just never went back. But that was that was there was evidence there that it wasn't a biblical gift. They did it because that's what they were told they should do and for attention. And I think too often that's what happens. And so if we're going to call, if we're going to call these gifts and, you know, I'll play devil's advocate. Sure. They're here, but if they are here and we have them, would they not come about in a biblical way? Yeah, and I think we could say this, like, even though I I still kind of use the term that I'm a cessationist, and it's probably because, you know, I, I have a I have a Reformed Baptist background. I don't um, think you like using big words to confuse me. <laughs> I have a Calvinistic background. Um, 
It's a bad word but in these parts. It, it is. That's why I use the reformed. Uh, it's, cla- <laughs> it's classier. Um, it's classy. You know, and I'd say I could speak for both of us and say that, you know, I, I don't think we're saying that there's there there. I think what we're saying is that there isn't any biblical evidence to suggest that these gifts have ceased. They're just not for us, right? Instead that we see these gifts as ongoing expressions of God's power and God's presence in the world. And God is the one uh, performing these things. Um, You know, miracles still happen. I mean, I think I've been privy to a couple over the last few weeks. Um, I think healing happens. I, I think we both have, Examples. I, I know a, a gentleman um, in the church that I pastored. We all laid hands on him, prayed over him. He had uh, bladder cancer, and within six weeks after that, it 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 went away. Um, his doctors were dumbfounded; they couldn't find any cancer. Now that wasn't us putting hands on him. I didn't put hands on him and say, "Now you're healed." That was. God through us praying over him, right? God answering our prayers, answering his prayer to God's the one that healed him. That was a miracle unto itself. Like it wasn't by any means, it wasn't us. And by no means was it us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, I've got a similar story with my grandma uh, like that, that it was evident that it was prayer. Um, I can assure you that Chadwick and I putting oil on our hands and then putting our hands on your forehead or your shoulders, uh, anointing you and praying, we have absolutely no power, right? We are not able to heal. Like when they walked into the gates and the guy was like, hey, could I have some money? And the disciples were like, I don't have any silver or gold, but be healed. Like that's cool for them. God yeah. gave them that specific power. Uh, he, he didn't give that to us. And so you can be like, oh, Chad, Andy, heal me. Look, bro, I will gladly pray for you and with you. I don't care if we're in the middle of Walmart or if Mm -hmm. we're, you know, in my house. Like, I will gladly stop what I'm doing, where I'm at, and pray with you. Um, Because I think that's what what we as Christians are are called to do. We're we're to be there for our brothers and sisters. Um, And I I think the the anointing with oil and, and and the prayers, I think that's very biblical. But there is no power coming from from Andy Crow's hands. There, there's no power coming from, from Chad McCool's hands. No, no matter how much we like to think we're powerful and we're awesome, uh, we most certainly are not. But what I can tell you, and I will affirm and and shout from the rooftops that there is power in prayer. Amen. God, God hears prayers, God answers prayers. But every every answered prayer, uh, whether in the affirmative to what we want or in the negatory to what we want, um, there's power in that in that response. Uh, there there is there is healing power, but it resonates from the will of God. Right, Scripture in itself tells us that all things work for the good and glory of the Lord. And so that sums everything up. Amen. And God, can God heal you? Absolutely. If he chooses not to, does that mean he's mad at you or punishing you? Um, Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Everything works out for the good and the glory of God. 
And here's the thing. We as people, and I hear it every day. Well, I'm mad at God because so-and-so to me got sick with cancer and it, and it took him and I wasn't ready for him to go. And I'm, I'm just angry. Well, here's the thing. Like that's part of a bigger, broader picture. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know what that bigger, broader picture is. Well, I think, I I think the bird's eye view or the 50,000 foot view is that their walk isn't that great. If that person who's angry at God because they took somebody and they weren't ready for them. Oh, they... I just meant that that the reason like God allowed that to happen. to the Oh, yeah, person. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I can't tell you why that happened. I know that when it happened to my grandfather, right, when his his auction level dropped, I'm like, oh, he's got a, a, a small spot. And then a week and a half later, it's like, oh, it's just taking over everything. Like, I don't understand why that happened. And I look and I'm like, my granddad was a great person in my eye eye view and then in my like in in worldly standards a great man right and then you have all these and and other people who are less great and it's like they they made it through it why Mm -hmm. and i think our human side asks those questions and then i you know i have i have to step back and i'm like it's not for me to question right there was a plan in place and it happened could God have healed him on that bed and freaked us all out? Absolutely. He chose not to. There's a reason for it. And I, I may have to wait till the other side of glory to figure it out. But I'll figure it out at some point. But I think we have to stop with our baby steps with Christ and be like, you didn't give me what I want. I'm mad. Like, that you, you, you did it for those in the Bible. Why can't you do it here today? He most certainly can. Absolutely. But those gifts were for, it's like the Bible, right? Every book in the Bible, every verse, every word was written in a certain style to a specific group at a specific time. Right? And guess what? Those times and places are not 2020's America. Well, no. And, and you know, and, I think the flip side of that is you've made me think of a, a hymn and i, I want to say like we'll just keep using your granddad as the example your granddad was healed you know no, because he most no, certainly one, was. no one in his faith and maybe you know could god have healed him and, and given him two three ten more years here on earth but regardless he was healed and it made me think when you were talking before about the old hymn right there's power power wondrous working power in the blood of the lamb and it's the blood of the lamb that heals right? God can heal us. Any healing that God allows here on earth, right, is temporary. You know, if you have oh, migraines, absolutely. it's temporary, right? But it's that, it's the wondrous working power, healing power, the blood of the lamb that heals. No, and it most certainly is. And so to say, if you were to look at somebody like, I have healing powers, it's like that, that TV evangelist. Uh, that I'm, I'm not even going to say his name. You know who I'm talking about. Which one? Fill in the blank. It's 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 a multiple choice, bro. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not going to walk up to you and slap you in the face with my suit coat and be like, you're healed. Yeah. And watch you fall out and put on a show for everybody because that's not how it works. That is bastardizing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I used to work for a guy who claimed to be a healer. And, and this was in a secular job, not in the church world. And he uh, he would gladly teach you for a nominal fee if you bought the, uh, I guess, if you bought the curriculum. 
and you paid them and it would teach you. And actually, they ran the company under. We lost so many big clients because they took our, our conference room and they turned it into a healing center where they were teaching profits. That's what they called them. They were teaching profits how to heal. And like some of our big clients were just like, yeah, I'm out of here. Even Christians, right? They're yeah. like, yeah, I'm out of here. And so, well, and then let's look on the other side of that. You know, we, we look at healing and we look at uh, uh, tongues. Like then you have other, other I'll televangelists um, that claim, you know, if you read this book, hey, you are living your best life now. We talked, uh, my pastor Connor brought this up on Sunday morning uh, and I almost came out of my seat screaming, amen, right? You're, you can live your best life now, Chad. You absolutely can't. If your best life is now, eternity is going to suck. Absolutely. Right? Like my me, Andy Crow, right now, I have a pretty decent life. I have an awesome wife. I have two phenomenally cool little boys. I have a good job. My wife has a good job. Like we're living a good life. Right? We can pay all our bills. I get to do this show. You know, like we, we have fun. But what's coming is so much better. Amen, brother. And that should be the fun. And like we had there are third way pastors that are like. If your only goal is to get to heaven, like, do you even understand Jesus? Ah, yes. Yes, I do. Because he tells us, like, I'm going to prepare a place for you. A that excites me. A house. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what he's making for me. Like, you tell a kid, hey, your birthday's tomorrow, and then you put this giant wrapped present in the corner. Can't touch it, but you're going to stare at it. That kid is going to be excited the entire time until he can jump and rip or she can jump and rip that paper off and see what the awesomeness is. Right? So, I, yeah, I'm going to be pretty excited when she's like, I got to go prepare a place. Not quite ready yet. I'll be back for you. Sweet. I'm going to get excited. Not only am I going to get excited, I'm going to tell other people. Hey, did you know that God is going to build a house for you? Oh, you want to know how you can get there? Let me tell you. And so then you you lay out the gospel. It's something to be excited about. And I think, and I I know I've, I've veered off track, but I'm I'm no, sorry. you're give, you're good. Give me no, time it's... to circle. Um, I think when we. We, we get off of that track and we don't focus on Jesus, his teachings, what he's what he did, what he's doing, right? And we focus on these, let's blend in with culture, let's do this, let's do that. And then to be relevant, we try to sprinkle in these, you know, these, well, look at these gifts that I have, a gift of healing, a gift of prophecy, a gift of this, a gift of that. And again, it bastardizes religion and it bastardizes the gospel. Well, and bastardize, then, it, it lessens the Lord. Like it's, it's, I can say your word. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that I'm saying it right. I, got I went to a state school. No, you are. Dude, I went to a state school. Shout out Northern Iowa. Go Panthers, you and I fight, baby. Um, anyway, I digress. But like 
it lessens it. And then it's like, Jesus isn't enough. Like you, you don't need to go to heaven because now we're teaching people there's no hell. And so if you don't get to heaven, it's okay. Don't worry about heaven. Worry about living your best life now. But the irony of that is that no one talked about hell more in the New Testament than Jesus. You know, you would think people would pick up on that. Just throwing it out there. You know, but what you're talking about is is going out, spreading the gospel, right? Asking people that. And that's a great, that's a great icebreaker, right? For people when you're going to have a gospel message and you're out evangelism, like, hey, you know that God's got a place for you in heaven? Like God's got a house for you, man. Like man, whatever house sweet. you're going to buy here, right? Whatever, you know, and, and that's a really good, that's a really good opening line to having, uh, you know, a gospel conversation. But I, I'm going to just, I'm going to. I'm going to put on the uh, my pointed tinfoil hat for a brief second. And be oh, like, so I got a funny story about tinfoil hats, but you go ahead. Isn't that treading on Christian nationalism? Oh, sweet Jesus. We went there. I mean, isn't the Great Commission? I mean, the Great Commission is to go and make disciples of all nations. Are we not supposed to go win this nation for Christ? All right, let me play devil's advocate here. Are you ready for this? Yes, sir. And and I know what I'm about to say is not what you're saying, but just for those who are going to be like nations can't be Christian, I agree. Nations are nothing. It's an inanimate object. It's a piece of dirt, maybe some grass, some sweet hills, and some snow. Okay, my country, Tennessee. I have a fat tongue. Don't judge me. But so nations cannot be Christian. Why? Because being Christian means you have a relationship with Christ. Sure. And a country and an atom and object cannot have a relationship with Christ. They weren't meant to have a relationship with Christ. Christ didn't die for a nation. He died for people. Now the nation is people. uh, Look, could you let me finish a thought? I'm stealing your thunder. Now, a group of people is a nation. Amen. And so while America, the country, the dirt that we live on, cannot be Christian, the people can. While England cannot be Christian, the people can. While Saudi Arabia can't be Christian, especially illegally, um, <laughs> the people can. Insert well, be- country here. like The people can rise up. When we talk about Israel in the Bible, contrary to popular belief— we're not talking about the hunk of land that is Israel now because that wasn't the thing. They, they were talking about land. that's what I'm getting at. Like it, when people are like we got to stand with Israel, or God show. It's we made Israel not too long ago. If I'm if you want to look at history, like he was talking about his chosen people that roamed the desert for forty years mm-hmm. looking for the land of milk and honey, and they followed him because they knew he had a plan and that he had a place for them. Something to look forward to. And, and I do think that the, the the but actually folks are the same ones who preach that the church isn't a building, it's the people. Right? They'll tell you that your argument's wrong, that you know, that Christian nationalism or you know, having a nation of Christians is a terrible thing to do. It's it's not just the people, it's a bad rhetoric or bad ideology but they're the same ones that'll run around and tell you well the church is you know we don't need a building 
the church is the people. You can have church anywhere you go. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're absolutely right. Right. The church isn't the building. Um, it's where we are. But they'll they'll be pro that concept, but they'll be against what you just said, you know, that the nation is people and people can be Christians because they have a relationship with the Lord, or they could have a relationship with the Lord if they repent and believe. Well, you know, what do what do I know? I didn't I don't have a seminary degree. So that was the excuse I was told one time when I was told I was wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't have a seminary degree. Okay. I know some uh I know some really, really gifted smart teachers who do not have seminary degrees. Oh, yeah, me too. Anyway, I may have gotten us off topic there, but all that to No, say, I think it I, all I think it all reels in. I think we have to be careful when we talk about, you know, I have this gift. Um, do you? Like what what makes you think you have that gift? Um and if it is something that you've never used in your life, probably don't have it. Like I'm a gifted teacher. When was the last time you taught? No, nah, I don't. Probably not a good teacher. In and fact, scripture are, tells us that we probably shouldn't teach, that most of us shouldn't teach. Oh, absolutely. And it's I believe we've had the conversation when somebody comes up and was like, hey, uh, God's given me a word. I'd like to speak at the pulpit, yeah. you know, this week. Um, I, I think we're going to have a conversation as to. And I, I've, you know, and I've never I've never been a senior pastor. So to say that I'm a, a pulpit hog, um, that's funny to me because. Like it's not my pulpit, you know, my now, now with the youth group, I was pretty, pretty stingy with it, but I, you know, I had guest speakers and stuff, but it just seems pretty brazen to walk up and be like, Hey, I'd like to, like to stand up and preach on Sunday mornings and you don't know me. Now there were times that I went to Dave and I was like, Hey, you know, I've really, this has really been on me and I'd, I'd like to be able to preach this. Uh, could I have, can I have a Sunday in the next month? I think that's a little bit different because I was on staff and me and Dave had that relationship. Um, or, you know, there was, there was a time that you were pastoring a church and uh, in Terre Haute and I was pastoring, you know, I was youth pastoring and, and I was like, Hey, you know, could I come speak at your church? Um, and that happened to be one of the weeks you were out of town. So you're like, actually that, that fits well. Right. And so there's that, but for, you know, Joe Blow to come up to pastor whoever and be like, Hey, let me speak in your church. I'm a Absolutely preacher. Absolutely not. Like there's there's at least going to be a conversation. Well, and I'll tell you this, and and I think this is another this is definitely an episode topic, but I am not a pulpit hog by any means, but I will protect and guard that pulpit with my life of who gets to enter it. Well, I think that's what you're we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Because that is a way of protecting the flock. And if you let just anybody come into and and herd your flock, you're going to lose some of them. Yeah. And I don't mean lose them to a different church, because I think if if they want to even go to a different church and God's calling them, deuces, I love you. I'll be praying for you. I wish you nothing but the best. But you're going to lose them to false teachers. Yeah, and I, I'll just I'll just say this. Frankly, I think some of the the issues I have currently in the church that I pastor was from years of not protecting the pulpit. And at any given moment, just letting anybody in there because they needed a break. 
I can see that. And I think that I, that I say that as somebody that who's fester. never who's never been to your church, but you know, we we talk often. Um, so I, I can see that. So I mean, I I've told Connor like I I miss teaching and preaching on a weekly basis. I miss it, but I'm never gonna be the guy that walks up to Connor. And be like, hey, dude, let me preach this weekend. Because that's his pulpit. Well, it's the mm-hmm. Lord's pulpit. Let me stop. Let me back up. It's the Lord's pulpit. But, I mean, if I'm ever needed, they know. And he knows me well enough to know, you know, where I stand on beliefs that I'm not going to come in sprouting heresy. Are you sure? Depends on who you ask. <laughs> I mean, there are certain people out there that think I'm pretty heretical. Um, that's cool because I think the same for them. <laughs> it's all right. I, I'm pretty sure I was called the wolf in sheep's clothing today. You are pretty hairy sometimes. <laughs> but I think if you're, you know, if you're listening and you're curious about the Baptist pers- perspective, uh, particularly when it comes to these things about the gifts of the spirit and some other things, I, I just, I recommend that you, uh, read the writings of some some dead white guys, old dead white guys like Charles Spurgeon, John Bunyan, shout, shout out to John Gill, shout out to the Spurge. And you know, you can always, uh, I'm going to use the big church word, you can always find some books or uh, some articles on uh, pneumatology. And pneumatology, pneumatology is basically the study of the Holy Spirit, where theology is the study of God, pneumatology is the study of the Spirit. Um, and I think that if you can find some some things about pneumatology, that that can that can give you some valuable insights, uh, particularly into where we're coming from, into a Baptist perspective on on those miraculous gifts and the gifts of the Spirit. Absolutely. Last word, Andy. Perfect, Nugan. <laughs> no, I was enough tr- to remember those commercials. I am. I was trying to find scripture, and you you quit talking too soon. So, give me uh, give me a few more seconds. Fault. It's my fault. So, what's been good? What have you enjoyed lately? You got any recommendations while you're looking for scripture? Well, I can can't find task. I can't, and I can't find what I'm looking for. So this will this will work. Um, mm-hmm. No, what's been good? I've had a lot of family time over the last couple of weeks, and I I appreciate that. Um, some family that I don't spend enough time with this week. Uh, so, like my little brother and his family came over on on the Fourth of July, and so my little brother and his wife, uh, and he's ten years younger than I am, but he's pretty awesome. And uh, their three kids came over, and so. You know, it was like it was at Christmas, you know, when his three kids and my two kids are running around together. It just, it makes my heart happy. Um, and so, I, you know, I posted a picture that had, you know, we were missing three cousins on the, the crow side. I'm trying to think of who was missing. I just want to make sure I don't miss anybody. Yeah, three cousins on the crow side. Uh, but I posted a picture of all of them um, that were here, and it was it was just sweet to watch them all interact. It was good to be able to sit and talk, and then it was awesome to eat brisket 
Um, so, you know, it was just the family time for me has been, has been great, which is going to lead into the scripture that I did find, if you don't mind. Amen. Uh, and it's first Th- Thessalonians five, eight or five eighteen, and everything give thanks for mm. the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you and everything. So just like we were talking about, you know, everything give thanks. The time that I had with family this past week, I'm thankful for the annoying time that I had at work the last few days, thankful for, because it's all part of the story. And if, you know, and if you have that relationship and you, you strive to follow Jesus, then the ending to the story is a pretty sweet ending. It is. And 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 it's at that point that we don't have to worry about gifts of tongues and healing like we don't have to worry that they've been gone because at that point we're all going to know what everybody's saying and there's going to be no need for healing because there's going to be no sickness mm-hmm. everybody is just going to spend all of their time eating hot dogs playing baseball and worshiping jesus and at least amen. one of those things can be found in the bible amen and i i do think that that that's an important thing and and some of the stuff i witnessed being out particularly at the 4th of July event. I just want to tell anybody who's listening, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, um, know that, that God, you were created to be with God, right? But God created us to be with him, but it's our sin, right? And we are all sinners. None of us are different than anybody else. Our sin separates us from God. And your sin, our sins, my sin cannot be removed by anything that I can do, cannot be washed away by good deeds. Because paying the price for that sin, Jesus Christ died, he went to the cross, he died, and he rose again. And if you trust in him, everyone who trusts in him alone and trusts in him and him alone will have eternal life. In life with Jesus, if you if you repent, you ask God for forgiveness, you confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and you believe that life with Jesus starts now and it lasts forever. Absolutely. And it only gets better. So your best life definitely isn't now. That's right. And so my last word is for believer, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Let's win this nation for Christ. One nation under God. Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen. Have a great week, everybody. You too. Be blessed. I didn't mean to to cut you off. You go right ahead. (laughs) I I thought we were done. You're just going to keep talking. Well, we're almost done, but how can people reach out to us? (laughs) They can hit us up on the Gmail. They can hit hit us up on the Gmail. At hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. You can email us, hillhipsterpod at gmail.com, or you can check us out, connect with us on Twitter at hillhipsterpod. Uh, Don't forget to check out the the great merchandise at St. Galgano Armory, etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And uh, you can reach out to them on social media at St. Galgano. Now you get the last word, bro. Hey, everybody, just have a, have a great rest of your week. We love you. Let us know what's going on. We'll see you later, guys. Remember, count for yourself. Count be, for yourself. Be blessed. Where's the record button to stop it?